Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Lone Star Content Marketing. Partial support for Law Talk Radio comes from sponsor advertisers who cover our production fees. We encourage our friends and colleagues to help sponsor the production of our Law Talk Radio shows. And you may send me an email for more information on sponsor plans and benefits directly at nick at lonestarcontentmarketing.com. Don't forget to also share the on-demand links to our episodes in your social media pages. When you see a show or something that want, you want to share uh, what might be interested, interesting to uh, the rest of, of your fans and contacts in your social networks. All of our podcast channels and programs are available on our website located at www.lonestarcontentmarketing.com. You can also find our shows on the Law Talk Radio Facebook page, and we appreciate your support in liking and sharing content there. Today's program is Episode 9 in the series of Building Your Law Practice with Jim Thompson and Nick Augustine. Our topic for today is more some questions, rather. Do you know where your clients come from? And if we have time, we're going to talk a little bit about what you may or may not know about what your clients think about you. There's a simple way to find out, and Jim and I are going to talk about that. So what is the series all about? Well, referrals are the lifeblood of any business, especially for lawyers. So why is it then that lawyers are not getting the referrals they need to grow their practice? Well, many people have asked this question, and Jim put together a book uh, called Why Attorneys Fail to Get the Referrals They Deserve and Need to Grow Their Practice and What They Can Do About It. So over the few, last few weeks and the next few weeks, we've been and will talk to Jim Thompson, who's a retired attorney and the author of the book, um, who's sharing many of the reasons that lawyers are not getting referrals and some things that people can do today on, on the cost-effective route to really streamline the process and getting to know more people, earning that know, like, and trust factor, and um, sourcing referrals through a referral marketing system, and just really changing the way that we think about this all. So um, that is our program. Uh, that's a little bit about Jim. Again, he's a retired lawyer. He's well-known for helping attorneys get on track to earning clients. Uh, again, my name is Nick Augustine, and my company helps lawyers share the tips and stories about the practice areas as we write all of their original blog content, manage their social media, and produce their newsletters and Internet radio podcasts. By way of general disclaimer, this is a general information program, and the advice on this show does not constitute legal advice. Communication with any attorneys on Law Talk Radio does not give rise to attorney-client relationships, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved. All right, well, let's say hello to Jim as we take a look at the burning question of, do you know where your clients come from? Hey, Jim, how are you doing today? Hey, Nick, I'm doing great. You hear me okay? All right, loud and clear, sir. Okay, great. I hit a button on this phone, and I didn't know whether I was still on or not, so that's great. Yeah, what we're going to talk about uh, this morning for a while is, is do you really know 
where your clients are, are coming from. And, and as surprising as that may be, I want to delve into that a little bit. The um, large companies and your big law firms, you know, they spend thousands of dollars to, to find out, to determine where their clients are coming from. In other words, what is working for them, you know, what advertising is working for them, what methods are working for them. And uh, they, they really understand and get that they know or that they want to know what their ROI is, what their return on investment is with the different um, methods they're using to, to get clients. And uh, so having said that, when I, when I speak with you know, solo lawyers, solos and small law firms, uh, and I ask this question, it, 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 I get this kind of like um, faraway look uh, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? Where do we get our clients? And that that gets me going in the direction of saying you really don't know, do you? And when they get really honest with me, they say no, we really don't know where our clients are coming from. And so, you know, being the um, the entrepreneur that I am, I thought, well, you know what? Hmm. I'm going to start a company and uh, I'm going to cash in on this. I'm going to cash in on doing research to show these solos and small law firms you know, how they can find out where their clients are coming from. And so I set about to do this, and then I, I, I found out that I really, because I started teaching and educating some of these lawyers on, on how they could do it themselves with very little cost. So therefore, this great entrepreneurial project that I was about to start to make my millions uh, went down the tubes when I was, well, when there I was goes educating the IPO on that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Right down. So, uh, but, but here's the thing, and this is basically what I've been teaching them. Uh, it, it's it, it's so simple that they don't get it. Being so simple, that is, they 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 hear what I'm saying to them, and they they kind of look at me and go, "Well, that's so simple. We should be doing that. We should have been doing that." And my next question is, "Okay, now I've taught you what you need to be doing. What are you going, or when are you going to start doing it?" And, of course, that runs the whole gamut up from I'm going to start right now to, well, I'll get around to it. We always know about that, that get around to it. But, but let me give you a few things that, that I, I talked to, talk to them about and, and how they can really uh, find out where their clients are coming from. But, but why is this so important for small firms? Small firms and solos are, uh, they're, there's a, such a time constraint, if you will, uh, lawyers getting the work done, getting the lawyering done, and they they lose track of some of the even simple things that they could be doing to finding out where their time goes or where their money is going. Uh, what really amazes me sometimes is some lawyers still using yellow pages and using yellow page ads uh, that take up a whole page, and and if it works for them, that's fine. Uh, but when I when I, I go and talk to a lawyer and I, I see that they maybe have a half page, quarter page, yellow page ad, I'll go, well, the, how's that working for you? You know, you're spending two, three, four thousand dollars, whatever it is a month, maybe five hundred dollars a month, whatever wherever you are and whatever the case may be, and I'll go, how is that working for you? And again, it's like, you know, I really don't know. And why don't you know? Because they're not tracking. They're not finding out where their clients are coming from. So that's just a basic example. Same thing when they're 
as far as, as far as the money goes. Same thing when lawyers are going to different events, networking events or whatever you want to call them, you know, the net weaving events we've talked about. When they go to these events, what is their return on investment? Obviously, they're spending an hour, two, three hours of time going to these events. Most of them don't cost that much, maybe 10, 15, 25 hours, maybe at the most. But what is your return on investment? Where are you... Where, where, are you getting any clients from these, these events, or are you being referred from anybody that you meet at these events? And basically the answer is the same, Nick, that, that they are not tracking what is going on. So let's talk about, about a few things that uh, basically we can, um, you know, start sharing. And, uh, you know, if people wanted to pay me thousands of dollars, I'll just shut up right now and give you my <laughs> email address, and I'll give you all these great ideas. But I don't think well, anybody's going to do that. <laughs> Is that where we're so, going here, so, how to track some of this? Yes, exactly. And that is the key. Hmm. Now, here you think about this, okay? Um, one of the things you could do, and, and this goes right along with finding out how your secretary or your receptionist, whichever the case may be, may be answering the phone. And in one of our earlier programs, I think I talked about uh, checking up on your law firm every now and then, calling your law firm, have a couple of friends call your law firm to find out how the secretary or the receptionist is answering the phone. That's a good point. Uh, you may be, pardon me? That's a good point. Because yeah, you, you uh, may be, I can't stand it when I call someone, law office, law office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there's a there's part of what you need to do as a solo or a small law firm is to train your secretary or your receptionist how to answer the phone. You know, good morning. Uh, this is Jim Thompson's law office. Can I help you? I mean, come up with a script. That, that was just off the cuff, and, and don't use that. But you see, you, instead of going law office, and boy, somebody really wants to talk to a law office. So <laughs> when the secretary is being very friendly and, and welcoming, and, and, and you know, especially lawyers who advertise on TV, and and radio and, and whatever, and you call their law office and you get somebody or you get a voicemail or you get somebody that doesn't sound like they even care, you go, wait a minute, why is this person spending so much money and they haven't taken the time to even train their secretaries? I know I went off a little bit off base, but it's, it's, it's important to kind of tie that in. So teach your secretaries or your receptionist, whichever you have, and and even even yourself, quite frankly, and how if you ever answer the phone yourself, how you should be answering the phone. But once you train your secretaries, one of the questions that they can ask is, well, Mr. Nick, how did you come to, to hear about our law firm? And that, again, gets people talking about why they called your particular law firm and the secretary or receptionist can make a note of that so that now you're starting to track where your calls are coming from. One of the things we talked about a while back is on your voicemail. You know, the, the simple, by the way, if you, know, if you were referred, please let us know who referred you so that we can thank them. Well, <laughs> hey, Jim. somebody, yeah, somebody I hears just, that. I thought of a, a – Jim, I just real quick, sorry to jump in, but I thought before we uh, go too far off it, um, a little practice tip on uh, the tracking the, the people who are calling and asking how they heard about the law firm. Um, 
it's a, I see a lot of people who keep a spiral notebook, um, you know, just like old school, the way we used to do it back when, um, and keep a note of, you know, or if you're going to do it on a computer, do it on a computer or whatever, but a note of everybody who calls. Um, most uh, malpractice policies have language in there that favors uh, duplicative communication logs. Um, so that mm-hmm. might be a good place. And even if it had a form or a spot or a column that the person had to fill out, you know, almost like a punch card, like make it so base and part of how they answer the phone that it's part of that whole process. Um, it's just a really good tip. Yeah, you, you just mentioned something really good, and it is a process. Everything that should happen in your law firm should be a process, should be a system. So, for instance, somebody, like you said, calls into the law firm, and the secretary or the receptionist is trained to answer the phone. And during that conversation, they ask the client, the potential client, how they heard of our law firm, and the person will tell them, and the secretary can make a note of that, and you can have a form that the secretary actually has. Make up your own form, uh, whatever works for you. But I want to go back to the voicemail thing, too, because I think this is so important. When the outgoing voicemail, and if some, some of you on the, on, on, the, on the call have not heard this before, it's very simple. At the end of your, you know, hi, this is Jim Thompson, blah, 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 sorry, I can't answer your phone. By the way, if you were referred please let us know who referred you so that we might thank them. So when that person leaves a voicemail, they may say, uh, this is so-and-so, and I was referred by Nick Augustine. So right away you're getting a record of who, who if they came by referral, who is it they referred them. Um, a couple of other things. and, and you, When you have an intake form, I've, I've come across law firms and doctors are great at this and some of the other, but a lot of the lawyers I come across, they have a real basic intake form. Um, and, and all they need to do is ask a couple of questions on that intake form of who referred you or how did you hear about us or that type of thing so that you start building this um, knowledge as to what is working for you and what is not working for you. And aside from all that, when you're when you're having your initial consultation with the client or the potential client, you can simply ask them, you know, how, how was it they heard about your law firm? Now, here's here's the interesting thing. Let's say that they fill out a form and it says they heard about you from Nick Augustine. He referred you. Oh, okay, great. So I sit down and I start talking about your relationship with Nick. How do you know Nick? This type of thing. So what are you doing then? You're building a bond between yourself and the potential client and letting uh, them know that you know Nick and et cetera, et cetera. Nick's a great guy and all that other stuff. That's going to get back to Nick. That gets back into this referral mindset where if that gets back to Nick where the person he referred to reports back to him and says, gee, I went in and I saw Jim. He was great. And boy, did he have great things to say about you. Guess what? You're going to get more referrals from that person. And that's what you want to do. Now, this is very simple. Part of the whole referral mindset is, you know, knowing where your business is coming from, but also taking that to the next level. And, and having said that, you know, when, when you start tracking this, you may be finding out who's referring you. And you may be being referred by folks that you never thought would refer you. It's strange how that works out. 
and you get two or three or four referrals uh, in a two or three month period from this person, it, it's like, well, wait a minute. I'm getting these referrals. I need to get back in touch with that person and, and thank them. Of course, you're going to thank them initially anyway, but do something special for them. Take them to lunch. Take them to a ball game, whatever. Once you start tracking this, you're going to know. If you're never tracking this information, you may get 10 referrals from somebody and you never really, of course, you do your initial thank you, which we talked about in depth, but you may never do something special and they may just stop referring you because some other lawyer, after a couple of referrals, is taking their family out to a, um, a dinner or has taken them to a ball game or whatever. So you want to be aware of what is going on. The same holds true from a situation where you think somebody should be referring you. Uh, a, 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 an example of this is where you have a good client uh, or a client and you think you did an exceptional service for that client. That client just loves you. And maybe you get a referral from that client next month, and then for two or three months you don't get a referral. Well, well something's wrong. Why isn't that client referring me? Did I do something wrong? Did he did I handle the referral right? That will also tell you when you're tracking it that you need to go back and find out why. Uh, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll be able to develop a relationship somewhere. Uh, maybe that person took a round-the-world cruise for two months, but you need to get back and find out why that person's not referring you. So again, why do you want to track where your business is coming from? You want to know who is helping you, who's not, who could be helping you. Um, you know, th this, is, this is very, very basic stuff, and it does not take any extra money to do it. It doesn't take an awful lot of extra time because you're doing the interview process. Your secretary's talking to him on the phone. So for an extra minute and a half per client, you're going to find out an awful lot of, uh, of what you need to know. And that is so, so important that you need to sit down and really think about this. So much of this referral mindset and getting clients to refer you is very simple stuff and sometimes it's so simple that we lose track of even doing it. We've got to figure out, well, what's the next greatest marketing tool? Should I be on Facebook? Should I be on Twitter? Should I be on LinkedIn? Yeah, those are all good. But if you step back and look at, well, wait a minute, there's some other things that I can be doing that are going to bring me clients. Why don't you start doing some of those things? So have any comments on that, Nick? Yeah, well, sometimes we are stuck in uh, sort of a fear rut. Um, you know, it's really easy to put all these things on paper and you know put it in the calendar and schedule it, and then it's just sometimes hard to pull the trigger. And I think communication with people is something that that has gone wrong. I think I think it's something that's happened in our culture and our society, and. Um, I just think that actually calling people and uh, reaching out or emailing people, I think people have become so shy about that. Um, do you have any tips on how people can uh, get back up on that horse and not get stuck in the mud with the things that prevent us? It's all that procrastination. Yeah, uh, two things. That, 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 well, the first thing I would mention, uh, and when I do my programs, one of the things that, that I really insist on is that you get an accountability partner, someone that, okay, you're going to do a, a program that we're going to provide in your law firm or somewhere, you know, maybe there's two or three other attorneys involved. 
you get an accountability partner, and we set up a program so that I'm holding you accountable, Nick. You're holding me accountable to doing these things. And then we start with, if you will. Um, for instance, we, we, we come up with a form, form that says, okay, how are you going to track, uh, how is your secretary going to answer the phone, and how is she going to track clients coming in? How are you going to track clients coming in? How are you going to set up a form that says, okay, when I, I, a new client comes in and he's handed the form to fill out, what, is it, what, what are the questions that are going to be on there? Now, I just went over that. But if I say, okay, Nick and Jim, both of you have to come up with a form by the end of the week. Okay, so you're putting pressure on me. I'm putting pressure on you. Hey, Nick, did you get it done? Yeah, well, okay, let's compare notes. Let's see how we did. Now, I'm going to do very basic here. Okay, so next week, you're, 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 along with a bunch of other things we do, next week you're going to implement this. So on Monday, you're going to sit down with your secretary and you're going to show her and go over uh, how the phone should be answered. And this is the question you ask everybody that calls in. Bingo. And you start with these little baby steps. But here's the thing. If I'm not held accountable or you're not held accountable, come Monday, Monday morning, guess what? All hell breaks loose, and all of a sudden, by the time we even take a breath, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So you've got to devise a system where Monday morning at 7 o'clock, I'm calling Nick up and I'm saying, okay, Nick, what are we going to do first thing this morning? Okay, you've got the secretary coming in a half hour early. Okay, you're going to have coffee and donuts for her, and you're going to sit down with her, and this is what you're going to accomplish before all hell breaks loose on Monday morning or Friday or whenever you feel comfortable doing it. So now you and I are accountable to each other. So I call you up Monday afternoon or you know evening, and I say, Nick, how'd you do? And you go, there's silence. And I know you didn't do what you were going to do. So I gently say, okay, Nick, here's the deal. You've got to do it tomorrow. And if you don't do it, you owe me a beer or you owe me something. You've got to take me to dinner. So you have some kind of little incentive there. But as long as you've got somebody else working uh, with you as an accountability partner, we all are lazy. We all procrastinate. I haven't met anybody that doesn't procrastinate, and I'm probably one of the worst ones at parts procrastinating. That's why I have to have accountability partners that hold my feet to the fire as far as doing things. So there's, there's, there's one little hint you can start doing, and start with baby steps. If you don't have a lot of time or you don't think you have a lot of time, you do. You just don't think. You, you, we all have the same amount of time, and people get uh, a lot of things. Some, some of us, we know people that get tons of stuff done in an hour. Others, we goof off for an hour. Uh, one of the things that I've really weaned myself off of is, is looking at email. Uh, before I get, I got about five or six tasks I have to get done on Monday morning. So I wean myself off of, Facebook and looking at my internet uh, email until I get those five or six things done. Now, it may be, you know, I get them done by 10 o'clock. It may be it takes me to noon to get them done. But I've got to be very, very rigid about not going and looking at Facebook, looking at my email, looking at my LinkedIn uh, responses until I get so, so many things done. And then you start, again, developing a system, developing habits. When these things that, start coming forward, you're going to develop these habits, and it's ding, going to ding, come ding, naturally. Ding, 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 Habits, yeah. habits, yeah. habits. Yep. Jim, exactly. oh, my goodness, I can remember. Uh, I can remember when Facebook and LinkedIn first started uh, becoming 
things that we did at work. And I can remember working at the, at a staffing company uh, and using LinkedIn and how much time would get sucked away. Um, you know, it, it, even though we were trying to, you know, do work and connecting with people and use it for work, we felt guilty doing it. Um, and then when people started seeing, remember when people started seeing each other on Facebook talking back and forth at, in the middle of the day when you know your friend works at a busy firm and they got a bill and all this, um, and you wonder, oh, do they, do they know their employer know they're on Facebook all day? Well, think about how now so many people have this stuff going on through their devices. It's no wonder we can't get anything done because we're all so distracted. So what I've done is actually allow my, um, on my smartphone, I log out of all of it and turn it off during the day, you know, for, uh, you know when I check it during lunch or the active periods when I'm publishing my client stuff. Um, but otherwise, it's a real time suck, and people are getting sucked in and forgetting it, and they're not getting their work done. Oh, yeah. I wonder no one has time for marketing. Yeah, you really hit something on that. And then it's the cell phone or the, or the smartphone, not the cell phone. The smartphones that um, I can tell you how old I am by still calling it a cell phone. But but leaving it on, all of a sudden it pings. And, and well, wait a minute. It, i got to look at that because it's it, it's got to be really important. Or Nick just called, and, and i got to call him back right away. Or i got to go and, and take a look at uh, my Facebook account on my, on my smartphone. How about, the, how about like, the concept? But the funny thing, Jim, now let's circle back to getting stuck in the mud. So many people are, you know, as we're talking about all this, but they're afraid to pick up the telephone and call someone without an appointment because they might be bothering them. Excuse me, bothering them, half of them, from what? You know, I mean, I see law partners and owners of law firms who are commenting about the new Google Glass thing. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it might be fun to talk about and all that, but I'm sorry, folks, there's work to be done. And um, I think that so many people, uh, here's another thing I think, um, the recession started plummeting, and everyone has this perception that there's not enough work and there's not new work and clients coming in, so people work on it real slow. And it's like, you know, if you're going to run out of working, you know, when they say that in a law firm or small business, when you're all caught up with your work, you're out of business. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that people are just afraid to just put the pedal to the metal, the nose to the grindstone, grow the business, turn this other stuff off, check it during time, put it in your schedule, you know, check Facebook and link, check social media accounts. Heck, that should be a whole hour in someone's day. Check and communicate. Do it at 2.30 to 3.30. And then, you know, 3.30 to 5.30 or 6, you know, hammer down and get something good done. You know, it's just crack the whip, people. Well, the other thing too, Nick, if if, if you really oh, are so, <laughs> if you're so locked in, wean yourself off and say, okay, I'm going to work from nine to nine fifty, okay. Right. And this is just an example. So from nine fifty to ten o'clock, I'm going to check my emails or Facebook or whatever, but I'm going to stick to the schedule. I got ten minutes, and boom, boom, boom. The alarm goes off. I go back to work for another 50 minutes, and you know, start working that way instead of. I mean, and and uh, the the hour that goes by. If you don't return a phone call or you don't return an email in an hour, you're not going to lose any business because of that. I mean, you know, it, it's just like, hey, wait a minute. Everybody else is in the same boat. 
I call you back in an hour. Boy, that's great. I look at five phone calls. I got to make one phone call uh, by in this ten minute period that I have. Who am I going to call? Well, I should know who I'm going to call. Bingo! I call you. I call last three minutes. Well, that means hey, I got another seven minutes. I can make another call. Or if I want to take that, you know, seven minute period and look at Facebook or or check my emails. You know, we all can go through our emails now and look and see who we want to. You know, which ones we want to look at and who we want to respond to. Same with text messages, this type of thing. Um, you know, I, another, another, another tip, Jim? Another tip uh, uh, with some of the time management, it's real tempting to say yes to go to every event that you receive an invitation to, and there are so many events if you have so many groups. But I'll tell you, the people I see who are at all of the events all of the time, I wonder if they even have work to do, you know. When are they getting the work done? They seem to be doing a lot of work promoting and doing that, but they know, you know, so it's okay to pick the quality over the quantity. Um, you know, go to a few good events, um, you know, and then actually put the real effort in it. Take it seriously. So other people, otherwise, people just keep going to networking events because they just don't know what else to do. Well, you just kind of brought me right back into tracking. How do you know which events to go to? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things you can look at is what are you getting out of a particular event. I go to one event five or six times, and you know, I really don't connect with anybody. Um, get no business out of it. Why do I keep going back? Well, probably because I haven't really figured out that I'm not getting any business from them. You know, this type of thing. Now, some events I go to, I know I'm not going to get any business from because I go strictly for fun, and that's fine. You do, you know, you, you've got to do that. But if you're going out there to a networking event and say you're going to the XYC event and you go tonight and, okay, you meet a bunch of people, uh, you don't make any connections. Of course, some of that might be your fault too, so we've talked about that. But you go in two weeks, it's every other week. You go and the same thing happens. And you go one more time, same thing happens. Maybe you need to reevaluate why. I'm not going to go to that event. But if you're not tracking what happens, you're not even going to remember I went to so-and-so event last week. Gee, I don't remember whether I got anything out of that or not. So you go to another event. Then you go to the same event, and you're never really checking to see, well, you know what? This is what's going on. This is what I should be doing. Uh, We're not even talking about spending money. We're talking about spending your time, which is probably more valuable than the money, depending on how busy you are. You know what, Jim? We're out of time, but you know what we should talk about next week? We'll toss this idea around. Asking for the close, going in for the close. Um, how can we talk about that? That's something that's common in the world of sales. How can we talk about that in the terms of networking referrals? It's the asking. The will, I like the question, will you send me referrals? That's an yeah. interesting topic for next week. Well, yeah, and we can talk about that next week. Um, that, that will work well. We, we can talk about that uh, on the call next week about Will you send me referrals? I'm making them. All right. In the meantime, uh, Jim, please give the folks your email so they can get a free copy of the ebook. Yeah, my email address is jet, which is James Edward Thompson, at lawyers, that's plural, lawyersmarketingresource.com. And if you go to the website, you'll see there's a place where you can send me an email. You'll get um, I think it's the first three chapters of the book. And if you do that, I will send you the total book. Uh, it's just kind of like some people that go to my website that 
you know, they, they get the, the three or two or three chapters. I don't remember what it is right now. Kind of the tease chapters. But if you if you send me the email, uh, I will see that you get the entire book. Wonderful. All right, Jim. Thanks for your time today. Um, and I want to thank also the people who tuned in and listened to this episode of Law Talk Radio. This is again episode nine in the series of Building a Law Practice with Jim Thompson and Nick Augustine. I want to thank everyone for sharing these uh, programs and social networks because it's where people find so much great content and their friends uh, and colleagues, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter accounts, so on and so forth. So I want to thank you all for sharing that. So, Jim, thanks again for your time, and uh, we'll be back uh, next Wednesday. Uh, the, the, this Wednesday, next Wednesday, we're on a Wednesday schedule, so Wednesday the 23rd. So, Jim, uh, okay. I'll talk to you before then, but uh, thanks for your time, and uh, good talk today. Okay, thank you, Nick, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Take care, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.